We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This is the PT Pinecast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Welcome to Wednesday Night Live here on PT Pinecast. Before we get started, do you want to say thanks to our friends at CBDRX4U.com, your CBD store. Uh, patients are uh, checking out, learning about, finding out about, testing out CBD uh, over the counter. What's it going to do with patients in your course of treatment? Do you know? Do you really know? Are you sure? Are you 100% sure? Uh, find out. Get the ABCs of CBD online at cbdrx4u.com. Uh, you know, CEO is a, is, a, is, a, is a physician focused on the pharmacology there. But uh, get the details again, cbdrx4u.com. That's the number four. Uh, also want to say, uh, let, let, letting people know as we get closer. I know it's fall, and I don't want to rush fall because we always know what happens after fall, which is winter, and that's the holiday season. But people are pointing out, hey, I'm already getting presents for people online, and we've got something just for you. Our lawyers, if you're watching the video cast as we stream this, our lawyers have reminded me to tell you, if the uh, if the, 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 the Yeti thing I'm holding up looks like it resembles a major soft drink logo, that is purely by accident. Purely by accident. So uh, gifts for physical therapists by physical therapists online at ptpinecast.com. That is a great way to support the show. See what we have to offer. And all of our T-shirts are now uh, $19.99. Because whether you're a student, a new grad, or a practicing clinician, sometimes all you got is $19.99. But you want a cool PT T-shirt. So uh, go online there at uh, ptpinecast.com. Great episode as we approach PT Day of service. I feel this very, very inward focusing in terms of the profession. So I love this as we focus on PT day of service next weekend. Would love to hear if you're out there watching what you're doing and what you're planning on to be doing for PT day of service, which is October 9th details at uh, online at PT day of service. I'll be hosting a go baby go build. We're doing a 10 car build on the Island of Manhattan. Excited about that. Just the logistics of organizing people in Manhattan is a little bit different than doing a Go Baby Go build elsewhere. So uh, we're building 10 cars for some kiddos with Mount Sinai Hospital on PT Day of Service. Would love for you to drop in the comments what you're doing for PT Day of Service and just let us know whether you're watching us live or the replay. Uh, talking uh, about something very important, but also I love the topic tonight because we're going to get we're going to make sure people understand that there are people out there attempting to solve the problem. And you can too. Those are the two things I want to know. We'll identify the problem, focus on people who are actively seeking to solve the problem, but dot, 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 we need you too. You can too. So without further ado, and clearly I love me some ado, uh, let's start this thing. Let's do this thing. We are live on Wednesday night. Welcome to PT Pinecast. Uh, well, just plain old great physical therapy conversations on tap. Uh, you can uh, you can listen to us, subscribe to the podcast, uh, iTunes. You can do it on Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever good podcasts are heard. In fact, wherever mediocre podcasts are heard, we are there as well. On the socials, at PT Pinecast, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Even have this brand new Facebook group. We're hosting our very first book club. I have never been to a book club. I know it involves books, and I've heard, I've heard alcohol. But then we're gonna we're gonna drink some drinks and talk about books. The first book that we're discussing is Upstream. It's by Dan Heath. It's a good way to uh, try to figure out how to solve problems before they happen. 
And that's the episode we're doing tonight. How do we solve these problems? How do we prevent them from continuing to happen? So we're going to dig in with that. Uh, let's bring in our guests. Uh, right now, the co-founder and chief clinical officer at WebPT, leading software solution for PTs, OCs, and SLPs. Also the founder and president of Rising Tide, a scholarship for students to inspire more diversity and inclusiveness in the physical therapy profession. Joining her is Moyo Tillery, Rising Tide Foundation Selection Committee member. Ladies, welcome to the show. Guys, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Jimmy. It's always a pleasure to be on your show. I'm never too proud to pipe in my own cheers and crowd music because I'm standing here. This is where we are in 2021. We do a lot of things remotely. Uh, so I'm in my living room. Heidi, where you're out west, right? Uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So yes, yeah, on the west side. And Mo sporting the very, I, we, we clearly know where her allegiances lie, uh, but where are you located geographically? Where are you, Mo? We are in North Carolina, southeastern North Carolina, in a little town called Fayetteville, North Carolina. Perfect. Excellent. Well, ladies, welcome to the show. We get the hard questions out of the way first. Uh, first question is, what are we drinking tonight? What is on tap for you? I can't wait to tell you what's on tap for me. I can start. Um, I have a very small glass of a margarita. That is all that I have. I like that. I like the <laughs> margarita. Aggressively uh, done. Heidi, what's on tap? Are you having yeah, a margarita for me too? There you go. Yeah. I'm doing. I'm doing uh, an IPA from uh, from Dogfish Head. So cheers to you guys. Cheers uh, for coming on the episode. So all the hard questions are already done. They're already out of the way. Boom. Uh, first round brought to you by our friends uh, Johnny Owens and the team at Owens Recovery Science, a single source for PTs looking for certification with personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training and the equipment you need to apply it properly in store. Find them online or in clinic in store. Uh, find them online at OwensRecoveryScience.com and their brand new deep dive podcast into BFR is available everywhere podcasts are heard. All right. So Heidi and Mo, we led this off by saying we're going to display a problem that deserves attention that needs solving in our profession. Uh, Heidi, you've done lots of, of research in terms of looking at the profession over the last couple of years in terms of the WebPT state of rehab, right? And that is a resource where you poll lots and lots of people within our profession, put the data down, look at it. So for if the topic is diversity, equity, and inclusion in our own profession from our colleagues, what does the current state of DEI look like in our profession? Well, I'm just going to start out a little controversial with you because I want to change the narrative, Jimmy. I want to get away from us calling this a problem and really talking about it as an, as an opportunity. Okay. Um, as we sort of did a little bit of pre-talk earlier, uh, you know, this is not sort of the diversity, the lack of diversity within our profession is not something that's like poof, all of a sudden become an issue. This is something that um, has been on agendas for many, many years. We just haven't really seen any progress. And uh, I know that based on, you know, the things that happened, tragic events that happened in 2020, it's truly um, caused a conscious awakening among many in our profession and is a top priority now in board meetings and leadership discussions all throughout our profession. So while that is all awesome, um, when you change that narrative, I think uh, when it comes to, you know, diversity and inclusion, um, 
we change it from being an, a problem to an opportunity. It really sort of creates this different mindset of this sort of, uh, you know, it's something to incorporate into strategic plans. It's something to really uh, look to um, in, in a more positive light. So I just, I want to start there. But I like that. I like if that. we look at the numbers, right? If we look at the uh, raw data, um, healthcare in general is uh, has this opportunity, just like our profession. Uh, we, if you look at it, the way we look at it is in comparison to census data. So, um, if we look at the census data across the board uh, in the in the U.S., um, identification for white uh, people is about seventy six percent. Asian is around 6%, Hispanic or Latino, 19%, uh, Black and African American, 13.5%, uh, Native American is about 1.3%. So, and if you think about it, I also want to draw in, uh, you know, gender diversity as well. Um, so we're looking at about 50-50 when it comes to the general population of the U.S. Now, if we go to the physical therapy profession, we have uh, about 77.5% uh, people that identify as white, 6% um, Asian. So we're doing pretty good in that regard. But then you get to Hispanic and Latino, and we're at 5.5%. Way lower. Way lower. And Black and African American, 2.8%. Way lower. Way lower. Native American and Alaskan Natives were at 0.5%. Way lower. Way lower. Um, on a, we look at it from a, a gender identity. It's seventy percent women, thirty uh, percent men. You and I have had this conversation. That gets flipped when we think about leadership. Leadership, correct. Right, and so uh, there's a lot of opportunity here when we think about what what are things that we can do. Um, I know we're going to talk about that later. Excellent. All right, so you you laid it out there. Like those are the numbers, and you had a pretty like. This was not polling a hundred people. You had you had your 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 N was very very large. It was a very robust N. Correct. And this is also a combination of APTA data, like all the professional data that we can, in, in conjunction with our uh, state of rehab therapy, which is over like close to eight thousand people. Uh, the 1999 McMillan lecture I just found out on Twitter today was focused on this very topic. Nineteen. 99 which feels like for me that's like five or six years ago but it's not it's it's more than 20 years ago if you do the math um so what has or has not worked to create change in this area we met we, we you, you reframe the narrative heidi this is an opportunity we've been looking at this as something to focus on since 1999 and before that so what has or hasn't worked from that perspective um you know, Jimmy, we we there's just been so much rhetoric um, about diversity, equity, inclusion. Um, but I think the missing link has been action, like Heidi alluded to. I think it took um, sort of a national outcry um, in light of recent events to draw attention to this. And I know that with my non-BIPOC colleagues um, and friends, they have a little bit of trouble understanding how maybe the murder of George Floyd had to do with my Tuesday um, that week. And so just to kind of bridge the gap, it's a matter of when, you know, you feel that sense of fear um, just in the space that you're in. And then you take a look at 
PT students who are BIPOC, who are sort of in an environment where they are the minority and that fear, you know, outside the classroom sort of innately makes its way in the classroom. Um, and we then have to talk about it because a lot of students were not able to just participate in that moment. Um, and just in conversations with friends and colleagues and faculty member, faculty members reached out to people of BIPOC, you know, um, identification who are people like me, clinicians. And the question was, what do we do? How do we help our BIPOC students? Because this has never really happened before. Um, and 10 years ago, when I was a PT student, the conversation was generally about doing events, you know, celebration of your culture, wear your culture outfit to class, you know, it's very surface. And so I think the recent events, we've had to dig a little deeper beyond the rhetoric and then we need action. We need to address the systemic issue um, that's sort of bleeding into our profession. We, we call those in communications, those are what we call hashtag holidays, right? Mm -hmm. Focused on whatever month it is. And that's fine. That's a really great, um, that's a really great coat of paint that goes away for 11 months. And Heidi, you know, to refer back to how you changed the, 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 the way to look at it, you're not saying we need to put a, put a bandaid on a bullet hole. You're saying this needs to be baked into the cake or it will not stick. Yeah, that's right. And, and whether it's, you know, there's all kinds of areas of opportunity. We look at recruiting, we look at, um, you know, uh, our interview and unconscious bias, right? All of these things sort of play into the narrative not changing when you don't really, as Mo said, dig deeper into listening to those who aren't, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're creating processes around things that you don't have actually those other parties involved in. in. You're, you're not taking the time to truly listen. Uh, and so that's been part of the flawed uh, process or, or lack of change is that we, we haven't taken the time to truly include uh, people who need to have that voice in, in changing the processes around what we're doing. Yeah. Shouldn't shock us. If, if, as Mo alluded to, if I don't understand how this affects my random Tuesday, I'm not going to act as if I'm not going to act as if there is a sense of urgency that something needs to change. Um, so with that being said, we identified the problem. We showed with statistics where things are in our country, where things are within our profession, we talked about how or why things maybe haven't worked to actually create change in diversity in our profession. So why is that so important? Let's touch on this element from both of your perspective. What's the importance of having people who look like you be your classmate, be your colleague, be your mentor, be your boss, be the person who owns that organization? Why is that so important? I definitely, um, it, it does matter um, because there's there's a sense of comfort when you walk into a room and you see someone who looks like you because it's modeling. I think as PTs, role modeling is a lot of what we do. Sure. Um, and so when we preach modeling in the classroom and then there are no models, it sort of leaves BIPOC students with this gap and there's nowhere to fill it. So. You know, it's not to say that all black people, you know, in America have the same experience, but, you know, when you engage with people who are BIPOC, you find that a lot of us have similar experiences, particularly, um, you know, in doctoral programs and residencies and fellowships. And it just kind of boils down to the issue that there are no role models who look like us. So you kind of need to have just like having parents 
or grandparents. You kind of need someone to model after. Um, and it's not to say you can't do it with someone who doesn't look like you. Um, but there is sort of this sense of comfort in knowing someone had a similar experience to get to where, you know, you are. It gives you a sense of hope um, and guidance that you will get there. Well, not just a classroom, but a profession. If you're walking into a classroom, if you're walking into a job or a clinic, and there are there there's no people that look like you, it's almost sending that signal that maybe you don't belong here. Or you're saying maybe to myself, I, I feel like I don't belong here because no one who's similar to me is are is in these spaces. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say too. Is it's that sense of belonging, right? And if you don't see anyone around that looks like you, it, it's it, you feel like an outsider. Right. And then, you know, you put up barriers and walls. You don't feel like you can be yourself um, or you don't know if that's uh, comfortable for everyone else. Right. And so um, I think, you know, as we think about um, why this is so important, I always we also always talk about the 90 percent. Right. To me, the 90 percent of, of patients out there who are not getting into CS who could be or we could benefit with our services as physical therapists. And part of that issue is that they don't feel comfortable, right? They don't feel comfortable coming in. There's, um, it goes to beyond, it goes to back to our brand problem as physical therapists, all the way down to even knowing that this is a profession that for me as a, a, a student, all the way down to junior high or high school, who's aspiring to do something or be something in healthcare, they don't even know that physical therapy is an option for them. Um, and so because A, they don't see anyone who looks like them in the PT space, uh, but B, we just, we don't talk about it, right? You, you don't really um, have an opportunity to get introduced to the, to the profession of PT um, unless you somehow have a guidance counselor that may know something about PT. So we're not even giving the opportunity for, uh, you know, students outside of uh, the traditional sort of path um, to, to have an opportunity to know what we do as PTs and the value that we provide and the amazing profession that we, we have. Yeah, we talk about it in communication sort of bumpability, right? We, we measure things online in, in impressions. Mm -hmm. And then when you get impressions and you get shares, right? Now you start to get uh, the reach. Well, if you never bump into this profession, you're never going to know about it. And then if you, if you do, but you don't see that you're represented there, you sort of have that, that unsaid uh, message, which is, well, I don't think people like you do things like this, right? Seth Godin was fam famous for saying, if you want to build a tribe mentality, people who have the same passion and, and are connected, and they can communicate. People like us do things like this, right? And you can talk about in sports teams, how to use that in a positive way. They talk about the Patriot way, even though I hate the Patriots because I'm a Giants fan, but the Patriot way, which is people like us do a thing, do things like this. If you're going to be one of us, we do this way. If, if you're never included in that, if there's no one that looks like you doing these things, you're going to say, okay, I guess people like me do other things, not this. So we've highlighted not, not the problem. I'm, I'm going to change my mentality there as well, Heidi, thank you, which is the opportunity for this. Understanding the importance of having people who look like you, who are like you, be your mentor, your colleague, your classmate. Um, what's our potential solution? It, it feels like a quote from Kennedy, which is the rising tide lifts all ships. Well, you hit the nail on the head. Um, obviously, there's a lot of solutions. Um, and I will just say the, um, the interest and the prioritization of 
changing the face of who we are as therapists in our profession, like I started talking about when we at the top of our show is that this is a priority in boardrooms right now. This is the priority at the APTA. We just uh, at the House of Delegates, you know, we they made the proclamation of uh, we are an anti-racist profession. Right. And so these are bold statements uh, to help create and um, influence and support, you know, the changes that we need to have uh, within our profession as a whole. Now, every little thing counts. Right. And so, um, you know, I was inspired personally. I have uh, been blessed to have a, a financial success through my endeavors with WebPT and as a physical therapist. Um, you know, this profession has given so much to me. Um, and as we love to do as physical therapists, I, we, I love to help people, right? And one way that I thought, I, I was able to start Rising Tide actually at the end of uh, 2019, uh, unknowing what I actually wanted to do with this foundation. And uh, with the uh, incredible things that happened in 2020, it seemed it all of a sudden became so clear as to what I can, I can personally do of, you know, being a woman with a background of, of, of person of color. Um, this was incredibly important to me to try to make a difference. And so Rising Tide is a scholarship program in which we want to enhance and change uh, the face of who we are as a profession by increasing the diversity of our profession, by providing scholarships to incoming students into PT programs, as well as offering scholarships to uh, therapists who are already in our profession or graduated who want to go into uh, a residency program. So this is an organization that seeks to identify individuals that you can change their course, right? You can, you can, you can lift all ships that rising tide lifts all ships. That great quote from Kennedy, which is you're identifying that problem, which is what we talked about uh, so far on the show, but you're saying, okay, now we're going to do something about it. You know, it's that mentality I learned in PT school, which is what, so what, but now what, um, in terms of applications, what would you want people to know in terms of applying or how they can help, you know, in terms of, of donations, are you looking for people to help, you know, lift more ships with you or what can people, how can other, how can the audience interact? Yeah. They, the biggest thing right now is a couple of things. Um, one, we are in the final gut wrenching stages of our first cohort of choosing our winners for what we call our crest scholarship, which is the incoming students into PT school. So all these first years who've applied, um, I know Mo can attest, she's on our selection committee, which we call our beachcombers. Uh, and uh, it has been gut-wrenching trying to narrow this field down of just amazing, amazing students. Um, our next scholarship round for the residency program uh, will uh, is open right now. So if you go to risingtide.com and you go to the surge scholarship, uh, which is our scholarship for residency pro uh, students, um, you can apply today, and the deadline is November 1st. Um, if We'd love to um, keep in touch with you because anyone who is wanting to contribute or donate, um, we will be able to take donations in 2022, so get on our newsletter list. Um, you can do that again at goingtobrisingtide.com and get on our, uh, uh, our, our newsletter list. 
Perfect. And the, the link for those listening on the podcast is going to be in the show notes uh, as well. So taking an active step in this opportunity of changing d- diversity, equity, and inclusion in our profession. So scholarships for those in PT school, scholarships for those who have graduated from PT or are graduating from PT school, going for a residency or fellowship, uh, as well as rising uh, tide.com. Uh, Mo, when you hear about this, well, first of all, that's got to be like the hardest job ever because it is inclu- it's the fun part of including but it's also saying, okay, who didn't get it this round, which cannot be easy because I'm sure you have some great applicants. How does this make you feel to be a part of an organization like this, which is actively taking steps towards solving a large, large problem in our profession? It it truly almost makes me emotional. Um, when Heidi had asked, she'll tell you about the response was just, I was just blown away because this is why I wanted to be a PT, um, is to figure out a way to give back. Um, The goal was always to figure out a way to make enough money so I could pay for someone else to go to school. Um, And so when Heidi reached out, I was like, oh my gosh, it's a godsend. Um, She is able to, and the fact that she is, um, it's it's huge. Like we alluded to so much, it's beyond the money. We're, I think just the fact that students are aware, that we're aware, and doing what we can, um, I think it'll inspire this generation of movers and shakers who will just continue to do the same. It's, it's modeling, Mo. This is modeling. Right. People like us do things like this. An organization exists, and I tell people all the time when I when I get asked to talk to PT schools, and you know, I tell my story how I launched the podcast where I didn't know where I fit in PT, and I did it. I said, listen, it doesn't have to be podcasting, but if there's a thing you're passionate about, if there's something you want to see changed, I did it. You did it. Success to me, and obviously to you for an organization like Rising Tide, is when you hear someone else who's taken advantage of it, but those graduates, what are they going to do? Where are they going to go? And what, what things in the future will they change? Well, Jimmy, we're, we're creating community around Rising Tide. It's not just about these scholarship winners. It is truly about creating community. Um, you know, we are going to have uh, all of our uh, uh, beachcombers as well as mentors that we're cultivating through this uh, through this program to come together once a year um, to along with the scholarship winners uh, to go through some educational but most most importantly to connect yeah uh, to get them together to to figure out like how can we help each other um, and then every year the goal is to have those students come back and then be mentors to the incoming. Uh, scholarship winners, the the Rising Tide Scholars. And so it's my hope is that it'll be a badge of honor to be a Rising Tide Scholar, something that you wear proudly um, and will continue to want to give back to the profession as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the tide keeps coming in, right? I mean, with Rising Tide, there's just so many things we can poke on, but you're creating community. You're creating something that is going to continue and, and move forward. And that's what you need. Uh, a one and done, a hashtag holiday, some icing on top of that cake. That doesn't really do anything. You need, it needs to be baked into the cake. And this is something that will will uh, will continue. Uh, last thing I want to do is just pay me a picture. What's this going to do for an individual who receives this scholarship? You know, what? how will it make them feel? What will empower them to, to, to do? Mo, you said it sort of made you feel emotional that this existed, that you're a part of it. Pay me that picture from the individual who's going to be on the receiving end of this. We've, I mean, we've had the distinct privilege and honor and just, I could go on and on, um, of actually listening to the responses to your question. 
And, you know, it varies so much from helping a parent who's supporting multiple children um, to starting other mentorship programs in their communities. I mean, I think the sky's the limit. This is going to mean, um, you know, more than paying for school. Um, I think that we are going to see these scholars um, on a much bigger stage as a result of this opportunity. I mean, I kind of view it as Heidi asking, you know, us to be a part of it. To me, that's so enriching. I mean, I'm not getting, you know, the money, but I feel so much richer just by being a part of the process, you know? Changing it's, you. You're, cha you're changing the thing that you sought to change. Exactly. Exactly. I, the, I think the recipient and those who were considered finalists will, this will be a pivotal moment for them either way. Um, it's definitely a win-win. Yeah. And you, and you, um, you've talked a lot about student debt on this podcast. Um, if you can reduce that burden, right. For students, um, it's just the, to her point, the sky's the limit because now you have more choices. You have more choices to pick different opportunities once you graduate of where you want to work, right? It's not just only about the highest paying job and the most hours I can get. There's more opportunity to make impact in our profession. Yeah. And then I'll also say just um, the mentorship that they're gonna get through this program is gonna be absolutely incredible. Um, you mentioned PT Day of Service. Ifosa Giobadi is part, Badia is part of our uh, Beachcombers group. Mia Gonzalez-Dean. I mean, I tried to assemble the most amazing groups of people mm -hmm. who could give back to, who love giving back, even people outside of the profession. Um, we have a chief operating officer of a sports capital fund, Sharon Huang. Wendy Haro, who's actually with WebPT, who um, is a programmer. Um, and has a passion around getting uh, Hispanic uh, professional engineers uh, together, right? And in, in more people, Hispanics in STEM. Mo, of course, is, is on our, our board. And then Jean Shirakarat, um, who part of Updoc Media, who you know has, has uh, just been a, a unique individual in our profession who's obviously always trying to give back. So We've assembled an amazing group who are going to help propel these students and empower them uh, to great heights uh, at the crest of their, yeah, of their way. There's that rising tide. <laughs> uh, again, uh, final link in the show notes of the episode for more information. Anything I didn't ask before we hit three? We got to do three questions, Mo. That's a tradition we have on the show. Are you ready for three questions? Let's go. Let's do this then. Three questions brought to you by our friends from Fusion Medical Staffing. As a physical therapist, you get a unique set of skills along with your in-depth medical knowledge, fine touch, and confidence. You got that confidence. Uh, you can make an impact on your patients' lives. Move forward in your travel physical therapy career. A lot of opportunities opening up now across the country. Think, where do you want to go? The beach? There's a tide there. Go to a lake, mountain? Where do you want to go? Where's your PT career want to go? Uh, wherever you want to do that, start your journey at FusionMedStaff.com. That's FusionMedStaff.com. Leaders in hashtag travel physical therapy. All right, so we'll go Heidi and then Mo. First question is always a where question. Not a whole lot of traveling going on, but we're getting back to it. Where's somewhere you can't wait to get to in the next uh, six months in the U.S., Heidi? Where's somewhere you can't wait to go visit? 
uh, Hawaii for me. Uh, you know, my my mom's family is from Hawaii. She's one of nine, and I haven't been able to see my aunties and uncles and cousins for too long. Yeah, Hawaii. I'm never. You're never going to say no to that, Mo. Where's somewhere you can't wait to get to? I actually really love the mountains. Um, and we just got back from the mountains, but I'm ready to go back. Where'd <laughs> Any you mountains. Go? We actually started out in Asheville, North Carolina, yeah. and then ended up in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Nice. All right. Well, that's uh, that's two locations, Hawaii or, or the mountains, no matter where you go. And there are people. They need great physical therapists. So uh, find out more about a travel or permanent location at FusionMedStaff.com. Second question is a what question. What's something you've watched or you've read or listened to, a book, a movie, podcast, that you think the audience would get value from? Should I take that one first? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Um, I, I've been reading um, a lot of Napoleon Hill's books. And oh, yeah. The big one is How to Own Your Mind, How to Own Your Own Mind. And it's an excellent read on how to sort of take control of things around you um, and just get away from the chaos. Napoleon Hill, uh, Outwitting the Devil, right? That was the yes. other one again? Yeah. It was a yep. really interesting premise for the book um, for that one. Heidi, what, something you've read, watched, what do you, what do you got that's on your, your must your must ingest list? Yeah, so I a regular podcast that I listen to is called the All In Podcast. Um, and it has uh, four um, incredible business folks that um, just chat about all of the, it, whether it's political or business, um, they're just, it's an awesome podcast that it keeps me up to date on all of the, actually before things really happen and some of the behind the scenes things going on. So it's, it's one of those podcasts that I never miss. Love it. Last thing we do uh, on three questions is a who question. Who is someone the audience should know more about? I leave this very open-ended. I think people should know about Mo Tillery uh, <laughs> more. Uh, she uh, it's, it's somebody that um, I connected with on LinkedIn and read her profile. And um, as I've gotten to know her more, and I know this is her very first podcast, uh, Jimmy, but I have a feeling that you're going to see more of Mo in the very, in the near and hopefully far future. No pressure, Mo. Um, <laughs> but uh, who is someone that you think we should know more about? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, goodness. I don't even know where to begin. Um, well, who's doing great work that maybe, you know, is flying under the radar. I usually say it, set it up by saying that. This may be the cheesiest answer in the world, um, but a lot of my colleagues, my teammates at work are just saving lives and injured workers are kind of who we treat. And we're just boots on the ground every day. And we just have an excellent team of PTs. And I think everyone should know everyone that I get to work with every day. Love it. That's three questions again <laughs> from our friends at Fusion Med Staff. Uh, find them online at FusionMedStaff.com. Last thing we do on the show is the parting shot. The aggressive music going. There we go. Parting shot uh, brought to you by our friends from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. Uh, doing something different with current concepts of orthopedic PT. That's your roadmap from wherever you are in your orthopedic career to uh, maybe that OCS exam. Or maybe you just want to be a more confident and competent uh, orthopedic clinician. You can do that uh, with current concepts. The fifth edition is out now. Very current. So you have to keep 
updating app. Uh, just check out the reading list alone is very comprehensive. Find out what it can do for your orthopedic career right now at orthopt.org. All right, parting shot. We'll go Heidi and then Mo. Now, Mo, what this is, your last chance for a mic drop moment or, you know, a sentiment, whatever you want to leave the audience with as we wrap up today. So, Heidi, what do you got for your parting shot? Well, our mission at Rising Tide is all about fostering more diversity in the physical therapy workforce um, and truly empowering therapists to provide even better care uh, to an ever-increasing diverse patient population. So... My parting shot is all is to ask people to be brave, be brave to step up and say something when something doesn't seem right. Be brave into starting an initiative within your clinic or practice. Um, be brave in, in including someone maybe who um, hasn't been you haven't been including before. Uh, and um, yeah, be brave. Yeah, I like that a lot. Speak your speak your mind, even if your voice shakes is a quote that comes to mind, right? Which is like, it's it's not always easy if you're the only person saying one thing. But, you know, there are people behind you. They might just not be in the same room. Uh, Mo, what's your parting shot to leave the audience with as we uh, wrap up today? So unplanned with Heidi, it's sort of along the same lines. Um, kind of going back to some encouraging words for students who are minorities, um, specifically in PT. Um, I think BIPOC students sometimes forget that the classroom is um, not exactly reflective of the outside world, um, as Heidi alluded to with the numbers. And um, this is sort of a vote of encouragement to, you know, speak out, speak up, um, and just know that there may be some consolation once you get out in the clinic and remember that the outside world is more diverse. Um, than generally most of our programs are. And so clinicals are something to actually anticipate um, and not dread. It comes with its anxiety. But I think another piece of it is knowing that the world is a little bit more reflective of the diversity that is really out there. Well said. Uh, the link for Rising Tide available in the show notes of this episode and below in the comments if you're watching the live stream on all our platforms. Uh, Want to say thanks so much for taking the time out. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for taking your time, your effort, your energy to focus on a, a, an opportunity uh, for our profession for to, uh, to change for the better. So uh, we wrap up by saying, hey, the best conversations happen at happy hour. Thanks for coming to ours. We appreciate it. Follow us online. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PT Pinecast. All right, show today brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. Brooks IHL offering continuing education courses in numerous specialty areas, six PT residency programs, an OMPT fellowship, as well as challenging but rewarding internships. The IHL specializes in the translation of information from evidence to patient management. Learn what they can do for you to support your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. ptpinecast.com. Created by Build PT.
Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.